I'm Goddess Coco, and you're listening to MassoCast. This podcast is for adults only, so if you're under 18, please turn the dial. Thanks uh, for all the positive feedback. For those of you who enjoyed our inaugural episode of Dear Mistress last week with uh, Mistress Alex, yes, there will be more in the future. Just, uh, in fact, the next episode coming out next week will be, yes, the episodes are now weekly. Uh, almost weekly. So, you know, when I have time, they come out. Basically, that's how it works. Um, if you would like to help out the podcast, which it would be so helpful if you did, go ahead and uh, donate some, uh, some of your hard-earned cash. $4, $2, 15 whatever, 20000 whatever, 7000 a million and a half, whatever you can. Massacast.com, click on donate, and uh, it's really helpful. This week, uh, a conversation with someone who goes by Miss Nadia's slave. Uh, all will be explained in this uh, in just a few minutes when you hear me uh, have a conversation with him. And, uh, you know, he's in a DS relationship with a dominant woman, so am I, so we had a lot to talk about. Uh, and I hope you enjoy it. I've just recently become comfortable with my kink, and I realized that I would like to make other people okay with their kink. And um, if I could tell you know this story and make people feel more comfortable, um, then I would like to do it as in giving something back. When you said you just started getting comfortable with your kink, is that, and I think this is a natural progression that most people have, is that because you were kinky, you were involved in kinky activities, but you kind of sequestered it into a part of your brain where you didn't have to actually deal with it or you, were, you didn't want to talk about it openly? Or? Um, I didn't want to talk about it openly. And I mean, I remember when I was a kid, you know, we'd play cops and robbers. I always wanted to be the robber and then have the girl that I liked tie me up. So, I, you know, I'm just wired this way, right. I guess. And, but, you know, even when I, you know, session professionally, um, which I hadn't done very much of, um, even when I met Mistress Nadia, um, I would, you know, she used to, she mentioned after a year, she says, you always used to dress really fast and again, I was like, well there were a couple of things going on sure and number one was a kind of a little guilt and shame and I just wanted to, to get out and uh, the other thing that was going on is she was just so darn sweet just so easy to talk to um, I was I didn't want to be that guy who says Ooh, she really you know we really have something going on here and it, right. it was a it was a, at that point it was a professional relationship and then um, I, she really helped me become comfortable with it. I mean, the thought that, you know, I would have a, a tattoo that, you know, says, you belong to me. Right. The fact that I'm collared, it's, it, you know, those boundaries come down slowly, but, you know, they came down. So. It, it, and I know exactly what you mean. It, it, there's a part of you that is not comfortable with the outside world or a small group of people who know about it, or even... It's hard even if someone else knows about it other than yourself at first, you know? Yeah, and I, I think that might be Midwestern guilt, Yeah, probably. some of it. But probably. when I say I've, I've recently become comfortable with it, um, my closest friends, like my probably more than five, no more than ten, know about uh, my relationship, and they know it's kinky, and that's all they care to know. So um, I, had, I actually had um, a good friend of mine. She started a new job. And I said, you know, when I usually approach it, say, you know, the old classic, well, a relationship is kind of like a cheap garden hose, right. you know, kind of ease into it. And um, she says, oh, well, that's that's interesting. And that's that was her comment. But we you know, we're very close friends. And it was it was comforting for me to be out to her. Right. And I communicate over I am for work. And she started a new job. I said, how are things going over there? She said. I'm still working the kinks out. I said, oh, yeah, I know all about kinks. And then across the bottom line just came, ha, 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 ha. Right, right. And so, uh, you know, I just, you know, in the last year or so, come out to my closest vanilla friends. Now, I've come out to some of my vanilla friends, but most, actually, uh, now that I think about it, the only friends of mine that are vanilla that know are my female friends. Because I've told, I did actually did tell one male vanilla friend Mm -hmm. And 
I don't know, maybe it's something about the macho. You know, I think if I said I was a dominant guy, he probably would have taken it completely differently. Um, I didn't go into gross detail or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I, in my experience, females seem to take it a little bit better than males. Did you get that five two or? No, no, not really. Uh, I think the 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 people who I've told I'm really close to, and right. they 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 expect things like this from me. Right, right, sure. sure. <laughs> so, how, so tell me about telling them. How I mean, did did you tell them all pretty much the same way, or? Yeah, I, I, I kind of eased into it. Probably um, my best friend. I, I, I was, we were still deciding on um, how the collaring ceremony was going to go, and I thought, you know, this is a big event, yeah. and I would kind of like someone there. But I didn't. I wasn't close enough to anyone in the scene, so you know, um, I called him up. I said, "Listen, you know what? I want to talk to you." And he, he's always amazed at, at, at my expert. I said, "This is this is strange, even for me." Right. So I tried to describe it, and again, you don't come out and just say, "Yeah, I'm kinky and I'm being collared." That's right. just a little too much. Sure. So I think I, I, I said, I. Um, there's a ZZ Top song, Under Pressure. And there's a line in there that, you know, she she likes something, and she likes whips and chains, and he says, and he says, really? And I said, yeah, that's, and then I went on to tell him about the calling ceremony, and and he said, um, does she get half your stuff? <laughs> well, she kind of gets all of it. Right, right. <laughs> but um, he, and, and he said something very interesting. He said, I've never seen you so happy talking to me he said yeah this is strange he says thank you for asking me uh to be a part of it and it turned out that the actual ceremony was like tom i'd love to have you but i no, i just right, it's, I, that's too it's, it was too intense for someone who was not indoctrinated yeah but still that's pretty awesome that they can recognize your happiness and not put their own prejudices against it you know yeah it was it was actually quite an amazing thing he said i've known you for years and he said i've never seen you he said it's obvious and so he was happy for me so uh did most of your friends take it pretty much the same way then or yeah just like oh that's you know that's cool but for me it was it's just i didn't want to hide it anymore yeah and I don't broadcast it. It was a professional relationship that moved into personal. Yes, over a period of um, years, and I'm I'm really not sure where the you know the the boundaries cross, but sure. it just it just it it just evolved. Um, so I had been um, you know fairly recently divorced, and I had not you know, my marriage didn't have any kink into. I mean. That's not why the marriage ended. We had more problems than that. Um, But I sort of, I think I did what a lot of people do, just get depressed and, but I felt like I had to find myself again. So, you know, I was living alone and I, I, I had see, I had sessioned a few times professionally and enjoyed it. And then I remember one Sunday I, I thought, yeah. I guess about every few months I would get the urge. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really an obsession, but it might have crossed the boundary to compulsion. It's sure. Like, I want to do this. No, I know. I know. Yeah. And it's this itch that cannot be scratched. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I had, you know, I had explored a couple of the houses and there was just no connection. And I find, I just decided, you know, if I'm going to do this and this is going to be a part of, um, you know, my life, um, I like to do it with someone who I can have some chemistry with, never thinking, I, I meant, but I meant, you know, professional chemistry, someone, right. you know, um, never thought it was going to get any further than that. So I spent a, a, a Sunday afternoon and put everything else aside, and I found, I think, the, I, I think it was the Max Fish Domina guy that had all the links. And the internet being, you know, very visual and me being a male animal, right. it's like, not enough, too much, and there were a few maybes, and you say, you know, you click through to the website, and that's way too intense for sure, me. Sure. That's, um, and so I had a few maybes, and I think if you would have said, well, what exactly are you looking for? I would have said, not sure, but I'll know it when I see it. Right, right. So I, you know, spent a good amount of time on this, and I finally got to the middle of the alphabet. Mistress Nadia. Ooh, that's a kind of ex- 
exciting, sure. mysterious name. And I clicked the link and I saw her picture and I swear to God, I stopped breathing. I just, uh, 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 my jaw dropped as she's tall, stunning, dark, mysterious. Sure. And um, I always had, you know, like a lot of guys, I guess, a Betty Page thing and she has the raven hair and the dark bangs. Sure. So I um, spent a lot of time studying her website, you know, photos and verbiage, and I, I remembered a, a, a couple of things. One of the one of the pages said something about her, you know, my voice is soft, com- soft, but demanding, and can send you into instant subspace. And um, the other thing that that I'll come back to was that I don't accept calls before ten o'clock. So. I mean, after reading every word and really studying it, I nervously dialed the phone, hoping to get voicemail. Yeah. And she picked it up, and there was that voice, like, oh. You know, right. And I, I um, you know, I saw your ad and would like to see you. And, and she said, when? I said, well, today, if possible, because it's still early. And I still laugh about this. One of the first things that she said to me was, I don't work on Sundays. And I brought that up to her, and, she, and her response was, well, I didn't. <laughs> right, right, sure. <laughs> so she said, you know, call me tomorrow. And it was a holiday, so I had the day off work. And I you know, I couldn't call before 10 because it said there. So I had this plan. I was going to wait until 10.05 because if I called her at 10.01, it would seem kind of creepy and stalkerish, but that extra four minutes would just make all the difference. Sure, sure. <laughs> so um, I called her, and yes, I can see you this afternoon, like, Two o'clock or so. So, um, I went. Uh, I went to the dungeon, and someone else let me in. She said, "Mr. Snotty will be here," and I will. I will never forget. She walked in, and even more stunning than than her pictures. And sure. I just, wow! I was just. And I'm sure I said something intelligent like "hum and a hum." Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, so you know, we had we, uh, we had the session. She still said, she says yes. I remember our first session, and I don't remember much about the session. I remember the beginning, and I remember walking out. And probably every submissive guy has had this experience that that's it. I'm never going to see anyone else. But I didn't, right? In you know all the years, and still it was you know every few months, and um, still a professional relationship sure so like you know it, it's very if, it, if there's one thing that I could give advice to guys out there who go to pros is that don't go to a pro assuming it's going to be coming or hoping even it's going to become a professional because it almost never happens right it almost never happens right. but um, in, in, in my case I Deliberately, even though you know, after six months a year, we were becoming friendly. I just said it's it's a friendly professional relationship because that's what it was. Sure, but I always made a point to you know keep the arm's length, right? uh, For for that reason, was was that so that you didn't start feeling too close, uh, or because you didn't want to you didn't want to start feeling emotionally, you know, connected or more connected than what you were. You thought it was healthy. That was that was one reason, and and I also wanted to you know respect her course, boundaries. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, and this happened over a period of years. Um, I actually remember one time I, I had you know I got the itch and I had uh, and I called her and she picked up and she says and she had, she was traveling to San Francisco and Hawaii at that point and I had she says oh I'm in the San Francisco airport. And you know I'll be back in town on Wednesday. We'll set something up. And I and I said okay. Well I'll you know call you back later in the week. And then she just kept you know talking like how's work and how was your trip. And we had this you know very friendly exchange. Um, and I think that might have been the f- you know the first time when it sort of started to test those you know professional boundaries and really become something more. But it was friendly. Right. Um, and then it. You know, it grew from there over a period of years. And so at what point did you realize, okay, this is no longer professional? Um, I, I'm not sure if I can... I'm not sure if I can point to one thing. Um, there, were, there were times when 
Well, when I when I started seeing Mistress Nadia, I was I was in a vanilla relationship. Um, yeah, for you know, a couple years. Like a dating I, I thing, or no? I was I was pretty seriously involved with you know someone else in a vanilla setting. Sure. Which um, oddly, years um, later, when I. <laughs> I had dinner with her, and um, she was asking me, you know, I thought being a little nosy uh, about my relationship, and I said, okay, well, do you remember when you used to say, what are you, some kind of a masochist or something? And she was so stunned when I explained the relationship, she got up and left the restaurant. Oh, wow. (laughs) And she called me later and apologized and said, I, I was just so stunned, I didn't expect that. So when did I realize it was becoming more personal I don't think there was um, any one point where I I realized that um, she started asking me to you know some of the parties that um, they had and that was fun sure. but still I thought it was professional but when um, one year I was in I was in San Diego and my phone rang and Mr. Snotty she says I'm in San Diego and I I I'd, I'd like to see you but still on a professional basis. And I, I, we had become pretty close at that point, and I was, it, it killed me because the logistics would not permit me. I mean, it would have been, would have been great. Right, right. How hot is that? Sure, yeah. Call from your mistress. I want to see you. And, you know. Right. Um, but I, I kind of made a mental note of it, and when I went to the same conference the next year, I said, you know, I'm going to be there. And, and um, you know, if we can arrange it, you know, perhaps we can meet this time. And she sent a text back, said we should take a trip together. And I said, are you talking about this particular trip or others? She says, either or both. And then I, you know, sure. the light bulb sort of went on. Right. Um, so, you know, I guess that's the point where I say, okay, this is more personal, but I is is... And, and we talked about the way our relationship was changing on that trip. Sure. So, and I think I think the that's got to be a very tricky thing to work out in your brain because you're if I, now I, I maybe this is not tricky, but I, I've never seen anyone professionally. But I would imagine that if something like that would have happened to me, I would have said to myself, "Okay, do I?" pay them for their time here or do I not because then I, I don't want to be insulting to them to make it think that it's just personal or just professional or I mean how did you how did you work that out in your head or did you just you naturally knew when the times you were supposed to pay and when the times you weren't supposed to pay no we um, we I mean that was that was all discussed oh. in in you know in the context of our relationship is changing and this is right this is this is how it's you know it's going to change and this is this is what we're going to do um and there there had been times prior to that where i had actually just made the decision that i i just i need to stop seeing her because i am getting too close and it's it it, i was afraid it was sort of affecting my ability to have you know a normal vanilla relationship which i realize now i'd never be happy in basically i just I pretty much did what I was told, right. and but you know, I mean that sounds harsh because she's all Mr. Snotty has always been fair, and she, you know, I have a say in things for the most part until I don't. Um, <laughs> right? No, I know. But um, I mean, those some of the trickiness was taken out because this is you know this is what we're going to do and that's okay and we move forward. I imagine your relationship kind of has evolved and it's always evolving, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. What I, I, I can gather by our conversation so far that it's there's aspects of DS. Are there aspects, is it, is it, would you say, a strictly DS relationship? Is it a DS and romantic relationship? Is it a, how would you, how would you quantify it? Or is it unquantifiable? I, I don't like to, I mean... I don't like to put labels on things. Sure. I mean, I, I, I would say that we're very close, and the, the DS element is, is, is always there, um, even when it seems it isn't. And we went through, uh, we went through a few-month period um, where 
we just had things going on in our lives. We didn't see each other very much. And then when we reconnected, uh, for several months, there was no DS. We were just, we were just hanging out, mm-hmm. um, having, you know, and going out to dinner and, and, and having fun. But, you know, there was always that undercurrent. Like she would, um, uh, we would be out with, you know, some of her friends and, and one of the people uh, she worked with. She said, I want you to go with her, show her where this is. And it's like, and this, this woman says, oh, you don't have to go with me. And I just said, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> Trust me. These, these, these are fellow kinky co-workers? Or no, these, these are, are okay. vanilla co-workers of hers. And they, do they know she, she's kinky or no? Um, for the most part, no. All right. Um, yeah, because, you know, I've had, I've had different types of DS relationships with varying degrees of, I, I've had those DS relationships where we were sort of basically friends with DS, I guess you could mm-hmm. say. There was no sex involved, what I guess you could say there was no penetrative or anything that would even be con- remotely considered slightly sexual, you know, other than maybe some bondage or something like that now and again. And then I've had the, you know, the friends with benefits sort of DS and I've had the romantic sort of DS. Um, and I found the friend DS to be harder, the, probably the hardest one to navigate because there, it, it's, it's really hard, at least for me it was, very hard for me to go from DS to just casual friends, right? This is, you know, I'm saying there was no sex involved in the, with this relationship. I found it really hard to navigate that emotionally because it would be, I would, I would instinctively be trying to, try to be in that DS, you know, mode. But if the other person was not reciprocating, you know, it, it felt a little awkward. And at the same time, because I didn't know, okay, am I supposed to be sub now? Am I supposed to be just a guy, just your guy friend? Or, you know, did you have the same thing or? Oh, my God. I think that is, I, I think that is the most difficult part of having a relationship that is DS and it always has that undercurrent but you know if you're out with vanilla friends how how far does it go I mean you don't say oh yes mistress in front of a you know a a group of her friends sure Um, so yeah it's it's always a little tricky so we have hand signals actually oh yeah you do sign language uh, no, I don't do sign language. I get. But it's 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 oh, it's a gesturing or whatever. Yeah, um, I mean, basically, you know, I, I feel like there are three levels of protocol. One, which is pretty much no protocol. Right. Two is you know just good manners, and three is high protocol. Sure. So, um, if there's a if there's a question about it, and I don't behave inappropriately on purpose to, to top from the bottom. But sometimes, like you say, you just don't you just don't know what role you're in, and I may get flashed like three fingers. I'm like, yes, I know what that is. And I mean, even in um, uh, even in our private time, the you know, it's not always Mr. Slave. It's sometimes, like you said earlier, it's like yeah, sometimes I can sit on the furniture. Sometimes I um, can do things that yeah wouldn't be considered strictly DS. Um, but if she starts a sentence by saying slave, I know right, right away. Yes, I know exactly. right away. And right. Yes, mistress. No, yeah, that, that definitely helps. That definitely helps. Uh, and actually, I've had this, this question emailed, and it's been hard to quantify it to people, but that's, that sums it up perfectly. That it was a, a question from someone who wanted to know, how do I indicate that this is what I want, that I want to be in a more of a DS you know, type of role? And... I've always thought that I, 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 I'm lucky in not being the instigator, in a way, when it comes to the DS aspect. But at the same time, sometimes you're like, okay, what would be good right now? You know, even just one-on-one, you know, if she's working or if she's got a deadline or something like that, the last thing I want to be is is high maintenance, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I just want to be support, you know? And I'm, I'm here for, I'm your tech support, I'm your emotional support, I'm, I'm all these different types of support. And... You know, can I get you a water? You know, that's about you know that's about the extent of it. But at the same time, there are definitely some times when you can tell. Okay, you know, 
maybe she wants to be more in heavy DS. And if she starts the word, with the, starts the sentence with the word slave, it definitely helps set yes, the tone. Yes, uh, that I mean that's that's high protocol right now. Right. So the, for the, whoever it was that emailed, there's your answer. <laughs> there's your answer. Start with the word slave. Yeah, that's because okay. you know, I mean, is uh, you know, I can be smart and I can be observant, but I can't, I can't always read her mind. Yeah. And communication just helps things so often. I mean, right. um, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, what's it like being collared? And, you know, married people, it's like you have this set of guidelines or mm-hmm. mores. And, you know, when you're collared, it's like, well, whatever you want it to be. It's like, well, what does that mean? Right. And, you know, it can be very, it can be very confusing. So as a result of, you know, being confused... I learned that the best thing for me to do is communicate. If you don't know something, ask. Yeah. Um, because you want to do everything right. Yeah. I mean, you want to please your mistress. You, right. You, you certainly want to do everything right, and you don't. Um, and I found that even if it's it's something that seems silly, if it if it seems silly but it's still bothering me, it's usually nothing. And just having that communication just makes everything so much easier. No, you're absolutely right. I, I've I've been in that situation too where there's something that's bothering me and it's the tiniest thing but for some reason it's bugging me or whatever and and talking about it completely you know there might be a few moments of awkwardness or something like that when when it's being discussed but afterwards it's just sort of dissolved and it really kind of solves itself uh you guys uh you also participate uh, you guys have chastity as part of your play as well you know that's 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 kind of one of my pet peeves, which you you couldn't know. Right, right. Um, I mean, there, there, there's chastity play, and then there's twenty four seven chastity, right, which right. there's nothing playful about. Right, absolutely. It. Yeah. Um, so yes, and that you know that can be very intense, and that happened um, sort of gradually um, as our relationship was becoming you know, more personal. Um, you know, she started controlling that first for you know period of days and then right. um uh, i remember one remarkable two-week period where she said i'm gonna not until i come back oh, oh. and so i get out so i would get text messages is it hard to obey me while i'm waiting yes right, mistress right, right, right. very hard <laughs> well was it uh, a device do you have a chance to device or did you was it uh, a honor system or you know i i i, I started out um and we did we did have some chastity play and you know consisted of you know wearing it for I was sort of get used to it and then and then one time we were in the dungeon she put it on and she looked at me and gave me that kind of wry smile and said get dressed now we're going out and mm-hmm. that was the first time I was going to be out with it of course I think oh my god everybody's going to see it right and we went out to dinner and she would how's it how's it doing down there and I had no idea if I was ever going to get that thing up and she had the key around her neck and I just you know every once in a while when she'd look away I was like yep still there right right and um, at the end of the night she put the key down on the on, we, we went for a drink she put the key down on the bar and I grabbed it she says I didn't say you could pick that up right total mind fuck yeah yeah um, so I tried the honor system and then it sort of evolved to I'm going. I'm. I'm going to go to work because nothing's going to happen while I'm at work. And then when I get home, I'm going to put the device on and and, and lock myself up. So I still. I. I mean, I still had a key for emergencies and things. And then I just said, you know what? I'm just. You know, I'm going to wear it all the time. Sure. Because you know, you go on some of the, some of the you know chastity websites. It's like other guys do this. It's like not that big of a deal. Yeah. And I actually liked feeling that control. I can I can I can certainly understand that. I mean, for we've never done a, a device or anything like that, but um, and the honor system certainly helps when she's around all the time, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever. Um, mentally, did it change anything? I mean, did you find yourself? Because I always every time I've talked to someone about this, it seems to be one of two things: either number one. When they have the device on or when they're in chastity, it's all they can think about. It's so distracting that it's like, oh, I just need to go get laid. I just need to get laid. You know, and because I can't. And it's, it's almost like it's almost like suppressed laughter, right? If, if you're in church or in class or something like that and something is funny, it's even funnier because you're not supposed to laugh. Yeah, of course. And on the flip side, I've heard some people say, 
um, that it's almost like a weight lifted because they're, they're not always thinking about when they're going to be able to sneak off and jerk off or something like that. Or they're, they're, they're more focused on the other things non-sexual because they are in chastity. Yeah, I think um, I would agree with both of those. Um, it, it, at first, it's like, oh my God, I, you know, I can't, you know, I can't go in the you know, bathroom and rub one out. Or right. it's, it, and it's like, it's almost like a panic. And then, you know, like most things, you just say, oh, this is the way, you know, this is the way it's going to be. And you just accept it. I freed up so much capacity in my brain. I was so much more productive at work. Right, right. It was just, it was amazing. Right. Um, so, you, you know, you just relax and, and accept it. And, you know, I always, I'm always amazed that people say, oh, I went 60 days, I went 90 days. Um, fortunately, she felt that, you know, the plumbing had to be relieved, you know, once every few days. Yeah. And if I misbehaved a little bit, it may go, it may go more, you know, more than a week, maybe yeah. two weeks. But, um, pretty you know it was pretty regular and I, and I there was nothing done without her permission did you notice any change in your behavior other than being able to focus at work like the first maybe six months of it or the first few months of it you behaved one way and then changed over the course of time or no not really i i'm i mean it it just sort of started to seem natural and it was a, you know people have said are were you more submissive did you want to serve for more no i was pretty submissive to her already and yeah. i wanted to serve her already and yeah. as, as a matter of fact it was it was sort of an evolutionary thing that i just decided it's much easier to be locked up than just try and be on the honor system yeah. um so you know and you know when i told her i said look i'm just locking myself up 24 7 her response was good boy <laughs> I've heard stories of people becoming more aggressive right afterwards or over the course of certain amount of time just losing interest in, in anything directly sexual at all because that, over the course of time that just they just get used to it. Have, did you, you didn't notice anything like that? or I, I, I think your body does adjust and that's why I wonder when people are like, oh, I haven't, you know, I haven't had an orgasm since, you know, 2009. I'm like, right. wow. Right. Um, and that's, that's why I think, I think it's important to get some relief, you know. Well, yeah, and, and I, I imagine too, it's um, as it's anything, you know, moderation, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, can you describe the device? Um, yes, it's a, it is, a, it's, it's custom made, um, and it is, um, you know, it's stainless steel. Mm -hmm. uh, it has an, an oval ring, about one and seven eighths. And um, you know it locks with a master lock, and it's just it's it's tremendous. I I'm not wearing it now. I had I'm I'm I've just recently been locked back up, and I'm having some some fit issues with it. And uh, otherwise, I'd show it to you. Do you have any problems? <laughs> Do you have any issues going through airports or anything like that? Um, well, I mean it's metal, so I right. take it off. But um, when Mr. Snotty and I went to uh, Domcon in L Domcon in L.A. last year. Um, I put it in my bag, walked through the airport, and then she said, okay, I want it on. So I, ro I actually rode the plane with it on, right. but I didn't go through security. Yeah. I, I always wonder what the reaction would be. I mean, I have friends who, uh, who are kinky and have you know, had to go through security, and they've had to look in the bag and go, oh, okay, well, what's this for? Oh, okay. But um, without having to actually explain, oh, that's a chastity device, it really makes you wonder. Are you familiar with Louis C.K.? No, there's a, he's a comedian, and there's a scene in in one of his bits where he's going through, and he's got this bottle of lube with him, and he's asked, well, "What what is this for?" And he goes, "That's lube. I use that to masturbate." And he's you know he's being very frank. And I thought, I wonder if that's that's probably the best way to do it. You just go, "Oh, that's a chassis device. Uh, my girlfriend's dominant, and she doesn't want you know, just to say it as frankly as possible. Yeah, I um, I always think of the uh, the scene from uh, Fight Club. Oh, sure. The guy has the razor. He says, every once in a while we find a dildo. We can't reflow. <laughs> like, so, you know, you got this bag of toys you're checking, and it's like, eh, what yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What no, do? but I, I did have an incident like that. I was, I, was at, um, I was at my daughter's graduation. And who would have thought they would have metal detectors at a graduation sure like and i'm like oh my god so i'm here with my two daughters 
um, you know, my ex-brother-in-law, you know, all family members. I'm like, oh, my God, how the... And the guy's standing there with a the wand. And I'm like, oh. So I, I faked getting a phone call. Right. And I, I said, go, go ahead. <laughs> right. I'll meet you up there. And I had to walk over and kind of discreetly tell the lady that I had a medical issue. Right. And, and the guy... He turned it off and, you know, sort of waved me through. But I'm like, I was like, I was like, oh, my God, how? And, and it just, you know, happened like that. So had you thought of that being a possibility sometime? Or it just happened and you just kind of thought of something spur of the moment? Or Oh, I was flying by the seat of my pants good at that you, point. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll I've meet you important call. Yeah. Wow. Well, good for you. <laughs> so your family, I, I assume, does not know. No. That's no. probably for the best, right? Well, I mean... Um, my daughters have, have met Mr. Snotty, but they don't know the nature yeah. of. So, how, of do you just introduce? Oh, this is my friend. Yeah. Or yeah. And and you know they know that we travel together, right. and they know that you know. So, therefore, it's important for them to you know to meet her, meet the people in my life. Yeah. But no, they don't. They don't. They don't know about my tattoo or anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you wonder, like? You know, if something were to happen to you, I suppose Nadia could probably come in and, and like clean out your apartment of toys and stuff like that. But I'm saying, in the untimely, if, if you're un, if you're felled with an untimely demise, um, I'll give you an example. Before I was with Saad, I had a friend, one of my close friends. I I gave her the password of my computer, and mm-hmm. I said, if I die, here's a key to my apartment. Here's the password of my computer. Erase all porn. Off the computer because you know I can imagine my family. Oh, we're gonna go through his what the you know, and have you have you thought of that contingency? I I, I have, and here's what I've decided: if I'm dead, why do I care? <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> my last will, will and testament. I'm kinky as yeah. fuck. <laughs> um, Surprise! Right. <laughs> because I would imagine you know if something were to happen, if I had a tattoo. You know, well that was act- that was actually funny because uh, as a part of our collaring ceremony, I was marked with a tattoo, which is my registration at the slave registry. Slave registry for those people who don't know, it's a website where you can register yourself as a slave and you know your status, who you're owned by, and all this other stuff. Yes. So I have the certificate and I have the barcode on my hip, so it's discreet. Nobody, you know, is going to unintentionally. Although one person did. Um, I had to go to uh, the urologist and they said, what kind of tattoo is that? Right. Does that mean anything? I'm like, yeah, it means a lot. Well, I've never seen a tattoo like that. <laughs> um, they oh, use that at the processing center. Yeah, right. that, no, here's what I told her. You want to know what I told her? What's that? She, 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 I said, what does it look like? She said, it's a, it looks like a barcode. I said, yeah, and it means I'm not easy, but I'm cheap. Right. <laughs> so... Ta-da. So um, I thought about it, and you know, I thought I was like, you live in New York, and there's always the threat of, I mean, terrorism being hit by a bus. Sure. And so I called my dad, and I said, I I want you to do something for me. So I'll explain. Just go get a pencil and paper. Right. And he said, okay. And I said, I want you to write these numbers down. And I. You know, gave him the numbers, and he said, and I, I said, now I want you to just put him in a safe place and share it. And I said, and then I, of course, I had to, you know, sort of spill the beans. I said, look, I got a tattoo, and um, it's, you know, sort of, you know, because of this relationship, which they know I'm in. They don't know that it's kinky, but, and I, oh, I was, it was nagging me if something ever happened to me. And that was the only way that anybody could identify me. Right. My parents would say, "Oh no, he'd never get a tattoo. He hates needles too much." Right, right. And and they then they would never know. And yeah. it just gave me sort of peace of mind. I said, "It's on my right hip. It's the numbers, and you know, it's personal, and right. it's, that that's it." But yeah. it was a tremendous weight off my. <laughs> Do they ask what the numbers mean, or no? Like, oh, I'm into numerology. And, uh, no, that's no, probably they. they he probably it was my dad. He probably didn't really want to know. <laughs> right, that's true. I'm curious what what was your ceremony like? Um, well, I, I will I'll, I'll give some background because it, it, it's it's I think it's a good story. Um, this this had come up and the way it came up 
is, I mean, Mistress Snotty never, never goes on Max Fish. She never does anything. And every once in a while, she would ask, what's going on, on on Max? And I would just, you know, keep up with what's going on. And and I said, oh, someone, someone's mistress collared him for the year. And she said, oh, you know, that's nice. She said, I, I don't, she would never do that for a year because it's just not her style. She'd never collared anyone and had this discussion, not in terms of, of us being collared then or ever. Um, but I got, um, I got the sense that she would take that very seriously. Sure. So after, and after we took our first uh, weekend trip together, had a great time, we decided to go on another trip a few months later. And it was becoming clear that she was really becoming the dominant female presence in my life. Yeah. And that I was, you know, I may never go back to vanilla. And I remember it was, it was one spring day and I thought, you know, I, I just, I, I felt like I wanted to do something that made on no uncertain terms, just made it very clear. And it was the first time I ever thought about any type of body modification. Like I said, my parents, if you would ask my, my mother still doesn't know I have the tattoo. If you sure. would say, she would say, oh, he's never have a tattoo. Right. Um, but this was the first time that I really started to think about it. And I thought, how does one bring that up to a dominant? And yeah. I thought, well, you know, get the opportunity. It's not something you want. So on the second trip, as fate would have it, our last night we were at dinner, and she said, soon we're going to talk about body modification, which was something that I had already decided that I wanted to do. Sure. So rather than have that discussion our last night on our vacation, I said, okay, there's the opportunity. I'm not going to do it now. We're just going right. to... So the next day we were at the airport, and she said... Uh, or I said, you know, you mentioned this, and that's something that I've decided that I would like to do. And I could, in all the years that I've known her, it's one of the very, very few times when I knew she was surprised. Um, she has this very, she pushes limits sort of gently yeah. to break down the barriers. And I got the sense that that first mention of body modification was, you know, uh, her way of starting to break it down. She didn't expect the answer that she got. In fact, I, I know she didn't. Right. And she said, you know, something like, really? I said, yeah, it's something that I would like to do for you and you know, describe how I felt. And she says, well, then we should have a commitment ceremony. And then I almost fell off of my chair because right. I, said, I didn't see that one coming. Right. And because of our prior conversation, I knew that it was, it was very serious uh, in, in her mind. And that's... Um, that's sort of how it came about. Yeah. And then in the time leading up to the ceremony, we we talked about it over the next few months and she was she was going to be she was going to be traveling for a while. So we we set a date and I remember the um, the night we went out to discuss it said, "Okay, we're going to have it here and this is what to expect." And she had at that time decided that she wanted me to get a tattoo in a discreet place. But she wanted she wanted me marked, and she said, "Okay, as sort of a prenup, I will allow you to get the removable tattoo ink." And I said, "Absolutely not. That is a deal breaker." Because, I didn't know there was such thing as removable. Well, it's 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 fairly new, and. It, it, it's, I don't think it's. I don't think it's just erase it. I think right, it's right. easier to remove than the permanent. So okay. instead of like fifteen laser treatments, it only takes ten. Right, right. But I didn't want to go into it saying that, you know, I'm preparing to fail. Yeah, and, yeah. Good point. Um, well, that's just the way I felt. And as a matter of fact, and she said, okay, you know, that's fine. As a matter of fact, you know, when the tattoo artist called me to confirm. Um, he said, and you want this, you know, removable ink? And I said, mm, no, that's not what I remember. So I, I sent her a text and said, you know, please call me. And I said, that's not what I said. He's, he's under the impression that we want, you know, the ink that can 
be more easily removed. And she said, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, and then, you know, over the course of the next, you know, there was two, maybe three month period. Um, and I had a lot of time to think about this. And I freaked out a few times. I'm like, what are you doing? It's, it's just, just, and I think maybe that's why people have long engagements. Right, of course, and, yeah. And I, a, a few times I decided, I, I can't do this. I just can't do it because I, I, you know, I wrote something about it um, later and there was my rational side and my romantic side and my romantic side finally won. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's a one-sided relationship in, in so many ways. And I remember I must have decided I couldn't go eh, probably 15 or 20 times for about 10 seconds. Right, right, right. Uh, but there was one time when I was, you know, I got an email said, I want you to start taking care of the catering. I'm like, oh my God, now this is real. Yeah. Now this is getting real. And I had a, I had a total freak out. And at that time, there, there was one of my friends, a female friend, who I had just, you know, just told pretty much everything to. Sure. She's very, and I said, I, I sent her a text. I says, we need to have dinner tonight, now. She says, oh, my God, what's wrong? She says, just, I'm freaking out. And so she comes up, and she sits down. She says, so what, you know, what's going on? And I said, I am totally freaking out. I got to order the catering, and this is getting very <laughs> real. And, you know, she has, she has these, these steely blue-gray eyes, and she just looked at me and kind of cocked her head and said, is this what you want? And I said, yes, it's absolutely what I want. She said, then what's the big deal? Yeah. And that was that, and, yeah, and then yeah. I was over it, and... And I said, okay, here, there's, there's you know, one thing you got to do for me. Like from 6.30 to 9 this Saturday night, you got to be on call for me in case yeah, I need to be right. talked down again. And I was, I was very nervous about the whole thing. Um, we started the day at the tattoo parlor. And I got, my, uh, I got my tattoo. I was bound to the table and, you know, sort of symbolically. And, sure. Um, so we did that. And then, you know, um, I did what any good new slave to be I cleaned her new apartment sure <laughs> sure and then um, we got in the cab and went uh, to the location and, and, and I was nervous for two reasons I mean first of all this is a life changing event and I had been informed that after the ceremony I was going to show everyone what a good slave I was and let's see that meant bare hand like I've never had before caning, sure. whipping, and uh, so I was, I was nervous about that because, you know, I'm, I'm not that much into pain. So we went and um, had the ceremony, and it was, it was elegant. Candles were lit and exchanged vows, and which, which I had, you know, I had written, and I had, I had to say, oh, you're my Venus, and, you know, it, it just... It, and there was a private message in there for her, right? And um, we didn't we didn't do rings, but she wears earrings, diamond earrings, as, as a sign of our commitment. I have uh, my tattoo, sure. And so it it was it was just it was one of those moments when everything is just perfect, and I had prepared sort of a soundtrack for this whole evening um, during the ceremony, and and she put it on. So I'm guessing. Hold on, let me guess. Taking care of business by Bachman Turner Overdrive. How did you know? I knew it. How did you know? Because you you're gonna TCB it, man. You're gonna TCB it. <laughs> um, so when you know when I knelt to receive Mr. Snotty's collar, um, there's a song by Sarah Brightman that is uh, it's once in a lifetime. And if you if you're not familiar with the song, you should listen to it. It is as kinky as hell. Did you notice any? big differences in your relationship other than I, I think things like that always change your relationship and I think the you know I, I think the the biggest one was sort of the okay what do we do now what are the new rules what um, but the other one was I realized that and I had realized this a few months before the first time after we'd had our discussion about yeah we're going to go through this and that was the first time it started feeling real Yeah. the next time we went to the dungeon there was an intensity I'm like okay you just can't use a safe word and I've never used a safe word never, never had to but knowing that I couldn't and 
I was putting so much more trust into her, which I, I, I didn't have a problem with because we'd known each other for several years at the yeah. time, and I and I I trusted I well, I still trust her, um, and you know being in a DS relationship, it's not it's not a big stretch to say that at some point you're going to trust your dominant with your life. Sure. Because you might be in trouble and they have to be there. And the intensity that I felt when I knew that I, was like, you can't use your safe word. And it was, but you've never used a safe word. Right. It's like, but you can't. <laughs> and there was, there was a, just a lot more intensity. Was it uh, an extra level of fear or was it a, not, not being, a, not having that option? It, 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 I wouldn't describe it as fear. I would just say intensity. I was more aware of what was going on, and it wasn't that anything had changed in the way we played. It was just, okay, you're giving yourself to someone, and they can do whatever they want. There's something sort of relieving, not relieving maybe, but there is something freeing about not having a safe word and giving yourself but I should stress for those people listening that is something you do just with someone you know very 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 well of course and um, uh, because you know it is a, it is you're giving this person complete trust right and it's so it's a, you know it's a, it's almost an honor both ways yeah it, it is and I, I'm not sure why I felt that that extra intensity maybe it was just maybe it was just the level of emotion that wow we're we're going to be joined and maybe it was just a combination of a lot of things but it was sure. it was much more intense and I think the other way that it changed our relationship or at least you know I perceived it is like you know what can I do now and it, sort of what am I supposed to do and there are no rules for this stuff so yeah um, I had a conversation with one friend um She's she's considered herself dominant, but she has always kind of stayed away from DS relationships because in her mind she still wants to she you know even though she her she you know everyone has their own persona I suppose when they are in like a scene or whatever like that some people get quiet some people get but some people are exactly the same you mm -hmm. know um, but for her like she sort of her persona when she was in that top space was one of you know sort of that goddess persona right I'm mm -hmm. not saying she was like uh, you know calling people a worm or whatever like that but for her it was very much you know she could do no wrong she was the person in charge at the time and that was you know what, what and but for her she said she was kind of scared of a DS relationship because she she still wanted to be a girl you know what I'm saying she still wanted to be able to be vulnerable around that person without it ruining it because she had had experiences in the past of Showing her vulnerable side, showing the fact that she's not actually a goddess, that she's actually human, right? And and worrying that the other person was gonna be like, okay, I know it's ruined for me now because you're not what you're not really a goddess, you know? Um, you know, it, it's it's very interesting that you that you bring that up um, because as 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 my relationship with with Mistress Nadia became more personal, we spent more time out, um, you know, out, out outside the dungeon. It was very refreshing for you know me to see that side of her. And mm -hmm. there was there was there was one night that I will I will never forget. It was um, uh, it was my birthday, and we went out and just we had a blast. And you know talking with the waitress, and the waitress comes back and um, you know brought me the check. Mr. Snotty had excused herself, and the waitress says, "I'm going to tell you something." Don't let her get away. <laughs> Thanks. Right, right. Um, you didn't have to tell me that, right? So um, during dinner, Mistress Nadia had, she kind of leaned over the table, gave me a wicked smile and said, so what's been your best birthday so far? <laughs> right. And I, I think I, you know, mumbled something about getting a baseball glove when I was yeah, nine yeah. or something. And uh, yeah. So, you know, we, we went back to the dungeon and, and just had, you know, a you know, very intense session. And she was, she was going to stay and clean some things up, but she, she said, 
can you go down there and turn on that light? And she, you know, it was fairly late at night, and yeah. I thought that was one of the first times that she had shown me any type of vulnerability. Yeah. I thought it was the sexiest thing that happened the whole sure, night. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it really was. And I don't, you know, when you're submissive to someone, it's like they're still a person, yeah. and they don't have to be, you know, the goddess all the time. And sometimes they're just, you know, it's just nice to hang out. And I think that's I think that's the hard part for for both sides because I've heard this from I've heard this from dominant guys dealing with submissive women I've heard this from dominant guys dealing with submissive men and every aspect of it is that um, if you especially if you start off as a play only partnership where that's the only side you see of the person um, it becomes sort of difficult to change the dynamic a little bit or maybe not difficult but there is that side of like, oh, is this person going to, you know, like me when they see this other side of me? And, or is it going to like completely ruin everything? Because I've heard that complaint mm-hmm. from, from plenty of people who, that when they saw, I've heard that I've got a submissive female friend where she would date all these dominant guys. And when she was around these guys, when they were just kind of relaxed, casual, playing Xbox or something like that, it was completely ruined it for them because they weren't this, you know, evil, horrible person, right? Um... And I think that was one of the best pieces of advice that someone someone told me. They said, uh, when I was first starting to get into a relationship with Saad, they said, make sure that she can still be a girl. Make sure she can still be, you know, a person. Don't put her on a pedestal, you know. Maybe they thought I was going to, you know, do that, which possibly could have, you know. But Well, I think that's an easy trap to fall into. Yeah. Um, but it's very, very difficult to maintain because that's a part of you and... It's maybe a role that you play, but you don't want to be on all the time. And I think that's, I think it's very difficult on both sides. Yeah. And I, I think you need the, you know, you need you need some pressure relief. You need some time just to hang out if you're, if you're going to be in a lifestyle relationship. Yeah. Like I, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes we'll be watching TV and I will hear slave. Yes, Mr. Spoon. Yeah. Right away. Sure. I know. I know where that's going. Um, so I, I, I think that's right, and it's just, just it's but it's very difficult to go back and forth. Yeah, yeah, but eventually it's a sort of rapport that you have to build, right? Yeah, and you know you sort of get a sense of like you said earlier when you know when does she want to be dominant? When does she just you know, want to hang out? And it's just so difficult to be on high protocol all the time. I've yeah. tried. And it just, you know, I, I tried the writing in, you know, third person. It's just, it's, it just, it just annoys my friends, <laughs> right, right. and it's, it's, it's really difficult. Right, right. Is there any advice you can give someone who is, uh, you know, has the same fantasy that you, you know, that most submissive guys have that someday being owned something, be a collared? Is there any like big pearls of wisdom you can pass along that something you've learned? Yeah, I think, I think, what I would say is, is. Don't force it. I never did. I never, never in a million years would have expected to be here giving this interview. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we hit it off. We we became friends, and nothing nothing ever seemed forced, and nothing nothing ever seemed forced. Everything seemed to just, you know, progress naturally. And I was never I was never the guy who said, oh. You know, I'm going to post on FetLife. How do I meet a mistress? Yeah. It just never really occurred to me. I think the two things you mentioned that really hit home are don't force it. Because I think that's what everyone who really desires it and really... I was there. And forcing it definitely doesn't work. Yeah. And have fun. I think those are the two most important things. Probably. Yeah, and I, and I think I think the other thing, and, and I heard this in one of the interviews, um, um, one of the ladies said, well, you're great because you're just not submissive all the time. You, you're like a regular guy. Right. Um, and that's 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 the way I feel. Like I'm, you know, I'm just a regular guy. I'm not I'm not always at her feet. I'm there when she wants me to be. Sometimes when you know I want to be. Sure. But you know, it's just you're just not on yeah. and submissive all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think I think that's a key because most dominant women, when they say. You know, your submission has to mean something. It has to be valuable to me. And if you're just, 
you know, submissive all the time and, you know, how many, it, it means nothing. It's like anything else, right? If you have cheesecake every single day for every meal, eventually you're going to be sick of cheesecake or cheesecake's not going to be that special. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate it. It's been nice uh, getting to know you more and it's good, been, uh, been great hearing about uh, your different experiences and um, yeah, it was really good. Thank well, you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to Miss Nadia Slave. You can find uh, his uh, Twitter by going to mastercast.com. Also, his FetLife username and all that good stuff on mastercast.com. And uh, we'll talk to you in another couple weeks.